How's it going, everybody? Welcome to the show. I'd like to thank agorasnexus.com and uh, Vandalay Industries, premier sponsors of the Use Guys in That podcast. Thank you very much. If you're looking for a uh, sponsorship opportunity, we do uh, mutual aid sponsorships, but also if you're looking to get your stuff specifically sponsored here, just drop us a line. We'd be more than happy to help out. Again, it doesn't have to be for money. We'd usually exchange, you know, a sponsorship for a sponsorship just as an act of mutual aid like we do with uh, Team Mandalore, for example. Um, and we got our logo there on their jersey, so that's pretty rad. And then we, we give them a, a spot here on the show. Um, but uh, we would appreciate it. If you want to get involved, that's great. So, a uh, bit of an exciting week. Uh, before we get started on the heavy stuff, I want to try to cheer you up. Before I offer you more of the same, uh, what do I mean by more of the same? Well, you're not going to like what you're going to hear going forward. This is going to be a downhill trip, and it's not a downhill trip after you've been walking uphill. You're going to be rolling down the hill, smacking your face onto fire hydrants, rolling in dog shit. It's, it's not that bad. It, no, no, no. It gets, it's very bad. It's not great. It's more of the same. But I wanna... Well, before we get into that, I just want to say really quickly... Please check out the BitChute channel yeah. because we have not been uploading to YouTube as of late because of strikes that we had. Um, and they weren't anything, you know, super serious. It was just we talked about COVID-19 and um, also we talked about elections mm -hmm. and they didn't care for the content. It wasn't anything like, you know, terrible. It just, they didn't want that information on there. So we got a couple of strikes and I don't want to lose the content on that channel. So moving forward, that channel may just be used as shorts, maybe little snippets, but I want to test it out first, get that other strike removed. That won't happen until the end of this month. So BitChute is where to check us out at, video-wise. Right. Yes, please. And if you haven't subscribed on there, that would be a real big help if you would uh, and give, uh, you know, counterattack the asshole who continuously gives us down votes he's a very sad person he has nothing going for himself in life and and uh, thoughts and prayers but uh would you mind rolling out that video i want to thank amy for sending this to me uh, i had to share it with you if you are listening um understand i will give you a uh, a concise uh synopsis of what happened during the video just know that I was in tears watching this and listening to it. Angel's going to play it for us. You're really going to enjoy it. Go ahead. I might have the Star Wars Lego set Death Star, but can you chug a sparkling water and not burp? He's chugging the water. Sparkling water. And... <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> what do I do? <laughs> <laughs> What happened was, he, he he goes, what do I do? The garage door is halfway open for whatever reason, and he's freaking out from the burp. He ends up burping anyway and, ra and ramming his head right into the garage door. Uh, so what do I do? And then burps and runs right in there. And that is, uh, that is your moment of lulls on this show. Before we put on our boots and begin wading through uh, knee-high dog shit, uh, which is not good. Let's start in my uh, state of, uh, unfortunately, I have to, you know, to admit that I was born there, uh, New Jersey. Uh, okay. Uh, not, not a good place. 
expensive, dangerous, and I don't know, occupied by the Communist Party. I mean, how how many other ways must I describe this place? You guys thought that you were out of the way. You thought it was over. You thought that um, you thought that you were moving on, and this was no longer a thing. The um, uh, the event that took place in 2020. Uh, that has been roaring forward and murdering hundreds of billions of people every single day. Uh, you thought that was over. Well, guess what? Guess what, motherfucker, as uh, Joe Exotic would say. They're dragging you back into New Jersey. Uh, mask mandates are returning. And they're not just returning to Nueva Jersey. They're also returning to certain places in Massachusetts, another bastion of freedom. Uh, and don't be surprised when they make it back to where you are. Uh, apparently there's a big surge. I don't really watch the news, so I wasn't aware that there was a problem. I've already had the Rona probably twice, one confirmed case. Um, wasn't great, was really was really awful, but um, as you can see, to the dismay of many of the uh, losers and haters, as Mr. Trump would say, I am still here. Uh, however, in New Jersey, they're bringing it back. So here we go. Students in several school districts across the Garden State are back from winter break and back to wearing masks in classrooms. Beginning Tuesday, students and staffs, staff in Patterson, which is not that great of a place, must wear masks indoors along with students in the Passaic School District, which reinstated the policy before winter vacation. The Camden City School District, Camden is right across the river from uh, Filthy, Philadelphia, that bastion of disgusting, uh, disgustingness. Disgusting? Disgusting. Yeah, I've just... I, I, I get this look on my face. Disgusting. <laughs> Disgusting. Um, the Camden City School District also announced a mask mandate for two weeks uh, at 18 of its schools. And it's the new Omicron variant XBB.1.5. Well, they better buy Todd's gay soap. I'm telling you right now, we've been trying to warn you. The move comes in response to this triple-demic as, co- as cases of COVID-19... RSV, and what do you know, influenza has made a comeback. Remember when nobody had the flu for a year? It's back. The mask will remain on until further notice in Patterson. Passaic said it would lift the mask mandate when Passaic County is in the moderate or below range in the New Jersey Department of Health COVID-19 activity level report. The New Jersey Department of Health. What an interesting combination of words, New yeah. Jersey and health. Uh, has anybody ever been to Sea Caucus? It's in the no. Meadowlands. It's where the no. Giants and the Jets play. It's a swamp. And uh, word around the campfires, it's a radioactive one. I've never um, been in New Jersey. It's a dump. So, uh, yeah. So, Newark, the largest public school district in New Jersey, another turlet, has not implemented a mass mandate. It's because nobody goes to school in Newark. The kids just don't have to go. Mm. They kind of do whatever they want in Newark, okay? So they're bringing it back in New Jersey. They're bringing it back in Massachusetts. Don't be surprised if they come and start making, uh, I I guess, maybe in some of us, the the states that we live in, the areas that we live in, it might be a little bit harder. Um, The Buckeye State. Uh, Communist Michigan is a different story. You guys have Gretchen Whitmer up there. Um, Good luck to you. I'm not so sure how that's going to work out for you. I don't see it happening in Indiana, Kentucky. I don't think so. West Virginia, probably not. Uh, but Pennsylvania will definitely be next on the list, especially with Philadelphia and Pittsburgh 
being um, who they are and how they behave as far as like bending the knee towards, um, you know, fear and uh, wearing. I mean, I, we still see people once in a while in this area with individuals in cars with the windows rolled up wearing masks in the car. And I know that Angel says they probably forgot that they had it on. That's happened to me. But um, I'm, I'm thinking it's because they're retarded, and that's just my opinion, and uh, whatever. If you want to wear one, you go right <laughs> ahead. I, I think that you're an asshole, so I think it's ridiculous. It doesn't stay on that long, though, because I always look in the mirror, because I'm always checking the mirrors before I, like, you know, do anything. And, like, you know, I'll, I'll take it off. Like, once I realize that it's still on my stupid face, I'm like, okay, let me get this off. Like, but that was, you know... I mean, I haven't wore a mask in a long time because I just refuse to go into the store at that point. <laughs> right. So. I, you know something? I do like to shop. I like to get in there. I like to look at products. My wife will be the first one to tell you. I, I don't, even if I have a list that has five items on there, I'll come out with more shit than I even, I, I, I remember right before New Year's, I went to the store and I was supposed to buy like two things. I had spent like $90. Just yeah. by being in the building, I'm like. My yeah. problem is, is I look at stuff and I'm like, oh, that looks good, and I'm like, that looks good, and then I'm like, that looks good, and then right. I get home and I'm like, where the fuck am I gonna put all this shit? <laughs> yeah, I have to play the musical <laughs> chairs game with the freezer. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's one of my least favorite things to do because then the the products in the freezer become nervous because they know that blood sacrifice is coming. Because you look at them and you're like, listen, you know, uh, we like you. But uh, you've been in the freezer for about nine and a half months and nobody's eaten you. You're going in the garbage. Okay. <laughs> I'm very sorry, but you got to go. We're sorry, French bread pizza. Yeah. And the, no, no, that wouldn't be one of them. <laughs> um, that wouldn't be one of them. But wait, hey, peas and carrots, you know, uh, we had good intentions for this to work out. But unfortunately, uh, we just bought a bunch of Ben and Jerry's and. Uh, <laughs> decided to order out yeah, we're, we're really sorry about this and uh, but you gotta go so yeah uh you're compostable that's the good news the bad news is you're in plastic and that's not um but uh yeah so there's the 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 jenga game you got to play in the fridge when you buy extra crap that you didn't really plan to like i go yeah. to the store for like orange juice and toothpaste and i come back with like a bag of apples and notepads, because I'm like, oh, yeah, I need more goddamn notepads. I have 15 of them, but, you know, you can never, you never be find too, them. You never be too sure. It's kind of like the Sopranos where they talk about, the, you know, we'll sell these coolers for $5 on the street. Every nobody, Everybody has a cooler, and nobody has any fucking idea how they got one. Yeah. That's kind of how I am at the store, just but with everything. But they don't have no idea what how much they cost. Yeah, they don't have any idea how much they cost. And that's true. The problem, too, is, like, when I see a big jar of peanut butter, I know I'm going to eat it. And I already know I have six of them at home. But I'm like, well, you know, if they pull this shit again where I can't go to the store, you can live on peanut butter. And you already do. I mean, I'm practically the size of, you know, I I look like a peanut butter jar. So that's kind of what I do. I, like, go in there and I completely lose self-control. And I'll buy, like, a million things. And I'm the asshole, too, where, like, when I'm unloading the car... I will use every ounce of my strength, dexterity, and balancing talents to make one trip. Why? Because I'm an asshole. Uh, there's no reason for this. There, you, two trips it would be just fine. 
I got like a 36-pack. We go to like Sam's or for some of you that don't have that, Costco or Tesco in the United Kingdom. And they have like a 36-pack of like, I don't know, Coke Zero or whatever it is. And I have, I'm trying to carry this, about 15 bags. I'm like, my, my pinky finger's turning purple. Yeah. And I'm like, I'm like I, I tell my wife, I'm like, just get the door. Just get the door. It doesn't matter if I fall into the house <laughs> and the shit goes everywhere. I still don't have to go back out to the car, even though the weather's good. It doesn't matter. I, I just don't have to go back out to the car. You just don't want to do it. Right. I don't yeah. want to do it. I, I get it. Yeah. No, I don't want to do it. So, I am. I get the lazy. I'm all about the lazy. I get it. <laughs> yeah. I am. Seriously. I, I'm like, what? The delivery for groceries? Like... I know it costs, you know, extra, but I'm like, right. man, that is like the best thing ever. You are kind of a high roller, though. You can get away with that. Like, I, I'm i not that much of a high roller, and I'm like, I'm not paying $25 for you to bring this to my house, okay? I'll go and get it. And I, like I said, I like being at the store, wandering around and looking at stuff and buying shit that I don't need. How lucky am I that I actually make enough money that I can carelessly purchase yet another bag of ruffles uh when i already have one at home uh, but you need a backup you know what i mean yeah definitely. you need a backup if somebody comes over and they're hanging out you only have a bag of ruffles i was already lectured by my spouse about like having enough chips for a party mm-hmm. um and uh i don't want to fall into that trap so you make sure that you're well stocked but moving on with the uh more of the same this is kind of exciting so for those of you who are not from the U.S. and day, who are not savvy to the political news of the day in this country. There was an election, it's called a midterm, that happened in November. And after weeks of trying to figure out who won what, it turns out that the uh, Republicans, the, the uh, champions of small government and um, uh, limited government and respecting your rights, wink, wink, uh, you know what we mean, um, they uh, they won the majority in the House of Representatives. So there's a bicameral legislature, which means we have an upper house, which might as well be the House of Lords like they have in the United Kingdom. Um, not as useless. They do have some very serious, uh, um, you know, delegations of power, uh, ratifying treaties, Supreme Court justices. But it's pretty much a lifetime appointment. It's very difficult to unseat a sitting senator try to say that three times as fast um so it's almost like the house of lords and they're in there for six years as opposed to the house of representing which is a two-year term uh the good news is is that if you any moron myself included were to win a seat in the house of representing for a single term you will have a pension and health care benefits i believe for life i know the pension is for life Mm. um while the rest of you have your pensions robbed, stolen, or just simply evaporated, uh, one two-year term in that den of thieves, that hive of scum and villainy, as Mr. Obi-Wan Kenobi described in Moss Eisley, this is Washington, D.C., that we're talking about uh, higher levels of depravity, I assure you. Uh, they had So, in the U.K., I know that they, a member of parliament will be selected to be the prime minister from the party, and they have very rigid party discipline, all this other good stuff. Here it's a little bit different. So they are selecting a uh, representative from the uh, party, the ruling party. Uh, They put forward Kevin McCarthy, who is not liked by a lot of people. 
This is the first time, I believe, in 100 years that there have been multiple rounds of voting on uh, who is going to be the Speaker of the House, which makes the party, and rightfully so, look like a collection of clowns. A bag of dicks. A satchel of cocks, if you will. The House resumed on Wednesday, conducting a fourth, fifth, and sixth round of voting for the Speaker each time. Representative Kevin McCarthy of California again came up short of 218 votes, the number he likely needs to secure the job. The House held three votes Tuesday that deadlocked his hardliners, and the Republican caucus refused to back McCarthy for Speaker. McCarthy's Republican critics, led by Representative Matt Gatz, Gates Gatz of Florida and Andy Biggs of Arizona, have vowed to continue to oppose him for speaker, and in three votes Tuesday showed no signs of relenting. They have rallied around Representative Jim Jordan of OHIO, who has said he doesn't want the job. Great choice. Who would want that job? (laughs) Democrats continue to vote unanimously for Representative Hakeem Jeffries of New York. The last time a speaker election went multiple ballots was in 1923, so... Here we are. Um, Let's see here. Representative James Comer, Republican of Kentucky, a McCarthy supporter, says now is the time to have decades-long debate within the Republican Party out in the open as frustrations boil over with fellow members of his party. He says are delaying the start to the legislative agenda. A lot of those guys have never served in a legislative body before. Comer who would likely chair the House Oversight Committee in the new Congress, said in an interview, I'll meet the press now. It's in capital letters, now. (laughs) Meet the press now. (laughs) They've never been in the majority, so they don't understand that no one's ever going to get 100% of what you want. You just have to make your best case and fight for the best deal you can get. Interesting. McCarthy appeared optimistic Wednesday afternoon about his ability to win the Speaker's gavel, telling reporters that his strategy is to work through it get everybody together and solve our problems. When asked if he was confident that he could reach the votes needed after failing short after falling short, excuse me, six times failing all the same, McCarthy responded, "Yeah, very." Well, well said, McCarthy. We have 90% of the votes, he added. I've never seen a body where 10% is going to control the 90%. It just doesn't happen that way. Um, you guys are the 1% and you control 99% of the population with your stupid laws. So, no, we see it all the time, uh, McCarthy, okay? I, I hate to tell you. The remarks came after 20 of McCarthy's conservative colleagues opposed him for the speakership in three consecutive votes Wednesday, backing GOP rep Byron Donalds of Florida each time. I don't even that know That dude that looks is. like a douchebag that whatever, what is his name? What, um, McCarthy? Yeah, McCarthy. I almost said McDonald. <laughs> Kevin. Yeah, we'll just call McCarthy. Him Kev. Call him Big Kev. Big Kev doesn't look good, according to Angel. He so, looks like a fucking douchebag. Like, uh, I'm going to pull he, him up. He probably is a douchebag. McCarthy. That's the thing that we're missing with all of this. He probably is a douchebag, in fact. What are you pulling up? This USA Today... This is okay. So I'm gonna do share screen real quick so you Go can on. see this stupid fucking face. <laughs> and for those of you that are enjoying the audio version of this, we assure you that Kevin McCarthy's face is in fact very stupid. Look at he's stupid. It's a stupid face right here. Just look at he's got his mouth open like a dick's about to go in it. <laughs> like it's terrible. Like he even looks 
<laughs> he looks like he's dumbfounded and he's about to suck a dick at the same time. Damn. That, you're throwing some serious he's, heat. He's terrible looking. Yeah, no, it's no good. It's it's no good for him. He, according to Angel, he's terrible looking and he's not winning um, the nomination for Speaker of the House of Representatives. Um, and according to... Well, why doesn't this Byron Donalds in Florida, why doesn't he, like, you know, come become Speaker of the House? Like, we need some diversity. You know, he's a young black man. Like, he should get up there. Yes, and he... Yeah. The, oh. This this Byron Donalds. Um, Good. I think he should get in there and, you know, ha- have something to say. Uh, I mean, he can't do any possibly any worse than his predecessor, Nancy, uh, pushed my teeth back in Pelosi the pineapple princess who has enriched herself on the back of the working class for her entire political career. Uh, would you do a Nancy Pelosi net worth, please? Sure. I would love to know how much Speaker Pelosi, former Speaker Pelosi, is worth um, and her gay husband. Whatever happened to the gay husband and the lover spat with his gay lover? We haven't. They buried that story like the guy buried his dick in his ass. I mean, nobody's heard anything about that son of a bitch. How strange. I don't know. Um, it kind of just all went away. Yeah, it sure did. Um, Nancy Pelosi net worth. Um, blah blah blah. It says. Uh, hold on. Okay. Is it confusing? Well, it's not like straightforward. <laughs> Because, it's... like, it has, like, it breaks down, like, her assets in, like, 2019 and earnings and, um. I have it right here from Open Secrets that she is worth. $120 million. $120 million. Yeah. $120 million. Keep that in mind. Let's see what her net worth was in 2008. In 2008, it was. One, two, three. One, two. Uh, she was um, $31 million. So she's she's expanded her profile very well. She's made the right investments. She's doing well for herself. Good for when her. When she right? started out as a non-ranking uh, member of the Congress salary in December of 1987, she made $89,500 in 1987. Well, she invested right, right? Because she has insider trading then the next, privileges. The next step, it says sale of asset in August 2003. She sold um, her Zinfandel Lane property, which was 16.5 acres, for $3,100,000. Um, her salary... Um, in October of 2013, annual salary as a Congress lawmaker, she made $803,700. Uh, Earnings, I, I, assets, uh, her current asset in 2014, which is properties including St. Helena Vineyard in Napa Valley, worth at least $5 million, and her commercial real estate in San Francisco was valued at $14,650,000 in 2014. Um, Unreal. 2015 earnings, uh, current value of her assets 
are $42,800,000. Um, she had some income from the sale of her grapes grown at uh, Nancy <laughs> Pelosi's vineyard. So she earned an additional $15,000 from that. Not too shabby. No, not for at grapes. all. Doing well for herself. Go um, on. And her current value in 2015 for her townhome near the Sugar Bowl Ski Resort in Norton was uh, valued at $5 million. $5 million? Couldn't she open up like a uh, undocumented immigrant like refugee center? For all these folks with all this property, I mean, hell, she could set up tents on that one that had that three, that three acres or whatever the hell it is. Yeah, her annual earnings um, in May of 2017, as the minority leader of the House of Representant, representing yes, um, 193 thousand dollars. So that's that's not too too bad. And then also as the minority leader. And the 115th District of Congress as a, you know, combination, I guess, because she was both. Um, so that's also at 193,000. So, like, 400,000, give or take. For Give or take. Right? I mean, is give that the take. same? It's listed as a two salary earnings in 2017. So, I'm assuming that's... Uh, separate and then you just add those together mm -hmm. I, i'm not really sure i will take it that way um so it looks like she sold or she had earnings from a commercial property um of a hundred thousand dollars which that seems weird that seems very low in 2019 estimated grape sales um Grapes. of her and her husband uh, in the house and vineyard in California mm -hmm. um, was $32,500. Uh, estimated value of her and her husband's um, house and vineyard as an asset in California is $5 million. Annual salary for Speaker of the House of Representing, $223,500. Um... And yeah, so that's like what? I don't know, like five, five point five. Somewhere around there, mil yeah. For like assets. Good for her. Uh, 2019. Um, so the majority of her earnings and assets seem to have come in 2015. Um, also in 2014. Um. So it looks like, you know, per progressively over the years, she's uh, kind of stacked that dough. So, <laughs> yeah. you know, whatevs. I mean, I guess if you're allowed to do it, shit, do it. Yeah, and like I said, having insider trading privileges always. They're going to do it. Rich people do that shit all the time. Of course they do. Of course they do. There's no question about it. And, um, you know, anybody. But that's the thing, too. It's like, you know, this idea that it doesn't happen is probably the most... I guess the most preposterous thing I've ever heard, because yes, it does happen. It happens quite often. Um, you know, should is it illegal? Well, I mean, if you do it, yes. But when you're a lawmaker, and um, can you believe you get paid almost a million dollars to be the speaker of the House of Representing? Is to me, I mean, it's supposed to be. We hear this phrase all the time: public servant. 
servants are typically not paid a lot. Um, maybe if you're in a rich person's home and you're doing the washing and the cooking and the cleaning and the laundry folding and all that other good stuff, um, and you're a servant at like the Rockefeller estate or something to that effect, or maybe uh, Jeff Bezos's place, you know, perhaps you will get compensated very well for you know the work performed there but typically the word servant isn't synonymous with getting wealthy unless you put public in front of it and then the idea of like oh well there's a public servant you are a servant of your own interests right you're not here to serve the people and that's the thing that ties me up really in knots with a lot of folks that are like you know well you know, this is the lesser of two evils. I just vote for who I think is the right person. Well, you doing that has led to the situation that we have right now. You've been doing it for generations, well before any of us got here, voting for the lesser of two evils for Christ only knows how long. And this is the best that we have, is Kevin McCarthy and his douchebag brigade. And I'm glad that they're they're pillaring him uh, in public. I, I'm glad that he's you know being made fun of and ridiculed. I think it's wonderful. I think that it's a great look. And by the way, guess who's meeting with Joe? I don't know where I shit my pants at. Uh, Biden. Uh, what's his name? Cocaine Mitch is having a sit-down meeting with him. And, you know, Joe was a senator for a long time. He'll remind you of that, Mr. Biden. He's friends with Cocaine Mitch, which means that he's friends with all of them, which means that they're all pals. Then again, Keith Preston, who we've had on the show several times, I believe three, um, and we wish him well. Uh, great guy, Keith. Uh, extremely intelligent. Wonderful guy. Uh, he even points out, this is like professional wrestling. So you have to be a child to actually believe that this shit is helping, at least on the federal level. Again, if you guys want to talk about localism, I'm, I'm all ears. That's, you know, probably the only time you'll get me to say, yeah, okay, getting involved locally, but... Nancy Pelosi, Kevin McCarthy, these fucking retards. Who's the guy that had the forty, the, the four million dollars in cold cash in his freezer that they caught? He was like, I forget how he was doing embezzling money. Uh, I forget it was a guy from the Bronx. It was well before AOC got in there. Um, I can't remember the guy. Uh, I ha- now I have to look this up, you guys. I'm sorry, this was totally not part of the plan. Um, let's see here, uh, millions. In freezer, uh, Congress. Yeah, I'm not sure, but there's the list of the the richest uh, Democrats. So when you're done with that, I I can proceed to let you know who's the richest. Uh, let's see here. Oh, it was ninety thousand dollars. He got a th- uh, thirteen year sentence reduced, uh, accepting more than four hundred thousand dollars in bribes. And seeking millions more in exchange for brokering business deals in Africa. His name is William J. Jefferson. Um, probably a distant relative of Tom Jefferson. Uh, so, yes, he had cold hard cash in his freezer. Uh, and these are the people that you vote for. Now, who are the richest Democrats? Please okay. tell me. So, number one on this list is Al Gore. At three hundred yes. million. Wow, and good for him. Next on this list is John Corzine, with also three hundred million. 
Wow, John Corzine, three hundred. Yeah, Corzine. Oh, sorry. Well, no, yes, you're finding who he was. Jane Harmon, uh, next on the list. Mm-hmm. She is a Democrat from the state of California. Ah, big shock. She has a reported net worth of three hundred million. Shit. Teresa Hines Carey. <laughs> John Kerry's wife. Yeah. The ketchup princess. Yes. Yeah. She has um, an estimated worth of two hundred million, which is more than her husband, which is next on the list. John. John Kerry. Yes. Um, one hundred ninety-four million. Ah, uh, that's max of working class uh, ethos right there. Working hard. Go ahead. Robert John Duffy. Mm-hmm. Uh, Lieutenant Governor of New York from 2011 to, to until 2014. Okay. He has an estimated net worth of $135 million. Nicely done. Nancy Pelosi, who we already just discussed, $120 million. Brilliant. Robert Rubin, which is a retired American banking executive mm. um, and lawyer. We have uh, Chris has joined the chat. Okay. Um. So uh, he has an estimated net worth of a hundred million. Mark Warner, uh, currently serving as a U.S. Senator from the Commonwealth of Virginia, has seventy-six uh, million dollars as his net worth. Um, Victoria Reggie Kennedy, mm-hmm. her net worth is sixty million. Um, then we're just going to scroll down. I'm just going to get to the good ones. Sixty million is pretty good. Uh, Hillary Clinton net worth a $21.5 million, which I'm really surprised at that, That's honestly. That's pretty low. Yeah. That's um, pretty low. Then we have Gavin Newsom, <laughs> $10 million as his net worth. All right. Harry Reid, $10 million. Now, get the fuck out of here at this one. Like, the current president, Joe Biden, has $9 million He's as a net worth. Spend it all on ice cream. I, probably. Yeah. <laughs> Ice cream and PDF classes. <laughs> so we have uh, Chelsea Clinton. Her oh. her net worth is $5 million. She needs to step her game up. Um, then you have Jimmy Carter. His net worth is $5 million. Um, Andrew Como net worth $5 million. <laughs> Not anymore. Um, Hold on, wait. I I almost get past her. So, uh, Sonia, is it Sonia or Sonia? Um, Mayor or however you say her last Sonia name. Sonia Sotomayor. Yeah. Sotomayor. Yeah, that's what. Uh, four million. Four million. Supreme Court justice. Yeah, four million. Servant of the people. Yeah. Whatevs. Okay. From the Bronx originally. There's a lot of money in the Bronx. Yeah, I'm sure. When you're a landlord. Up your ass. <laughs> um. Let's see who's next. Anthony Weiner, <laughs> who is currently incarcerated. Yeah, getting all the Weiner he likes. Um, he is worth a whopping seven hundred and fifty thousand dollars. I mean, there was a lot of legal fees. To be fair, a lot yeah. of paying off uh, stuff. Yeah. Yeah. So you know, that's all the. Well, there's some others that I don't know who they are, so you probably don't I... know who they are either, and we don't really give a fuck. So. I can't believe Hillary Clinton's that low on the list. Yeah. Like, she, a couple of books she's written. She was a senator. Uh, she uh, was a secretary of state. Like, I mean, she held, I mean, she held some pretty high-profile uh, positions in this the is federal apparatus. This is from therichest.com. Therichest.com. 
Boy, you know what? I don't know if she gets along with Nancy Pelosi because she probably gets pissed at the fact that the pineapple princess, with her false teeth and drinking habit, uh, has more money than Hillary Rodham Clinton, uh, who has worked diligently murdering people all over the place to make sure to secure her, I guess, measly wealth in the face of the wealth that Nancy Pelosi and John Conyers have. I mean, it's... Well, like, um, the thing about Nancy Pelosi is she knows she knows how to toe the line. Oh, boy, does she and ever. And she knows how to wait her turn. And, like, I know she's not a good person. She's not stupid. She's not stupid. Not she's very smart. I agree. And, and her husband likes to get naked hammer fights with bums. I mean, think about how True. long she's been in office, and this is the first time you've ever heard anything about her husband mm. husband being gay. 1987? Yeah. Right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, think about the shit that she's kept under wraps, yeah. and she's just stayed at her level. Hillary Clinton tried to go above her level. See the difference? Yeah. Nancy's like, I'm here, I'm staying here. And she banked her shit, and she was smart about it. Now she's out of there. So you can't even do anything. You can't even do anything, and she gets the pension and the health Congratulations care. to her. Yeah, and proud we are of her. I uh, am proud of her. She for... fucked the system real well. <laughs> yeah, and the rest of us. And got away job. with it of course. since 1987. It, yeah, definitely a... Uh, That's a fucking pretty good accomplishment. Top-earning grifter. Well yeah. done. Well done. So I don't know if any of you's heard this. I'm sure Christopher has if he's been floating around Twitter a little bit. Um, huh. The governor of the U.S. Virgin Islands. Now, before we get all excited, okay? I'm excited. Denise George, all right, was the attorney general. And she had filed a lawsuit against J.P. Morgan Chase in New York and accused the company of helping Jeffrey Epstein finance the illegal exploitation of women and children in the U.S. Virgin Islands and, you know, beyond that. So the governor of said U.S. Virgin Islands fired her, um, and who was pursuing these cases. Uh, it was, you know, I don't know, like, how many times does stuff like this need to happen before people have to accept the fact that it's a big club. You're not in it. Uh, I don't know what, like, I don't know how you could spin this to justify, like, well, no, it's not a conspiracy. No, it's not a conspiracy. It's out in the open. So in the lawsuit filed against J.P. Morgan Chase on the 27th of December, uh, my gosh, that was last year. <laughs> what a long time ago. Um, <laughs> I, I hate that shit. Oh, yeah, I'll see you next year. <laughs> Get it? Because it's New Year's Eve. Yeah, don't Fuck say you. it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, <laughs> shit, I hate He's that. So, so fucking clever. You got to fucking raise a shop wit. <laughs> it's almost bad as... Have a nice trip. See you next fall. Yeah. How about I punch you in the <laughs> mouth and knock your teeth down your fucking throat? Um, sorry, I shouldn't get Yo. violent. Um, I'm all for violence. Okay. The government of the United States Virgin Islands alleges the company knowingly facilitated, sustained, and concealed the human trafficking network operated by Joffrey Epstein from his home base in the Virgin Islands and financially benefited from this uh, participation directly or indirectly uh, by, um, you know, it also alleges, or excuse me, by a lot, by fa uh, failing to comply with federal banking regulations. It also alleges that the company concealed wire and cash transactions. Mind you, if any of you do it did this, you would be 
probably breaking rocks in the hot sun someplace. I have questions. Real fast. Do the court documents um, state that exact phrasing that you just said? Like they are being charged with concealing or quoted. helping to? It is quoted. Okay. Yes. Quote, knowingly facilitated, sustained, and concealed the human trafficking network operated by Joffrey Epstein from his home base in the Virgin Islands and financially benefited from this participation directly or indirectly by failing to comply with federal banking regulations, end quote. It also alleges the company concealed wire and cash transactions. Quote, human trafficking was the principal business of the accounts Epstein maintained at J.P. Morgan. And quote, the lawsuit reads, quoting again, J.P. Morgan turned a blind eye to evidence of human trafficking over more than a decade because of Epstein's own financial footprint and because of the deals and clients that Epstein brought and promised to bring to the bank, end quote. On December 30th, J.P. Morgan Chase asked the federal judge to throw out the lawsuits filed by two unidentified women alleging that big banks should have seen evidence of Epstein's sex trafficking. The bank also said it did not commit any negligent acts. So, after this attorney general who, you know, is trying to do the right thing, or maybe not, maybe trying to make a political move by saying I'm going after these people because it's going to make me look good. Either way, this would have been a positive result mm -hmm. by going after. But what have we learned in our time on this floating rock? You don't win against the banks, okay? And you definitely don't win against the banks when one of the clients is protected by the state. It's not going to happen. And I laughed about it. It's not a laughing matter, but we put it on the on the Facebook page. Like, how many of you did really expect this to go forward? I mean, truly get a, a good result for the victims of these scumbags. And of course, the bank, I, I love it. Like, is there a clutching of pearls moment with this? Like, oh my God, are you really, the banks would, would facilitate this? I mean, like you don't really, I mean, so you don't really think of it like, once you hear their sex trafficking, you're so, like, caught up in, like, that fucking disgusting, you piece of shit. Mm. Like, you don't think about the many levels that this even goes into. Like, you don't even think about, like, the banks, like, you know, being involved in, like, doing wire transfers or, you know, whatever they were doing, conducting transactions, wire transfers, like, physical deposits, whatever. I don't know what they did. Um, but, like, you don't you don't think of it like you don't your next thought isn't the fucking bank is involved right like yeah you know typically you're just like that son of a bitch then you move on i don't know right uh yeah i guess so um but again uh you know if we're not because you can't do anything to jizz lane she's protected jeff is gone um not by his own doing uh, as we all know, that as the joke goes, right? Mm -hmm. uh, like, you know, unlike these, you know, you know, we better hang these ornaments on the tree, right? Mm -hmm. It's just like Epstein didn't hang, it's not going to hang itself. Mm -hmm. um, another hearty, har, har joke. Um, by the way, while we're on the topic, how fast has the Christmas uh, decoration box come out and stuffed your shit away? I put my stuff away the day after Christmas. It was all gone. It was like Christmas never happened in uh, the uh, Casa de Colo. Um, My yeah, stuff's pretty still up. <laughs> oh, yours is still up, Christopher? Yeah, it's still up. You're still feeling the holiday spirit, man? 
No, just no motivation to take. Just no motivation. You're a busy guy, though. It'll it'll happen sooner rather than later. But fair enough. I had a I had a friend in high school who uh, left the tree up year round. Uh, It just became a permanent fixture in the house. I couldn't do that. Yeah, I I think there should be a fine line. It 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 would take away from the. I don't know, like because before Christmas, when you're getting ready and you sit in the tree, like oh, you know, the house is all cheerful and joyous festive. and decorated yeah festive yeah decorated for christmas it would take away from that if you I just left it up point. all year no i think you're right i think you're right so uh yeah mine was a day after i uh i was like i got my my, my kid i was like i i said grab grab the, the christmas tree box and the bag and all of the ornament boxes this is it and in a half hour christmas ceased to exist in my home uh, the stockings were uh, put away with the exception of my dogs, which was still hanging up because it had a treat in it. Um, and then once the treat was, uh, you know, bequeathed to the dog and um, subsequently consumed, the stocking hath disappeared along with the ornaments. We didn't put too many ornaments on the tree this year because for the past three years, my dog has decided to uh, put forward an offensive against the christmas tree (laughs) breaking branches just trashing it and i know cats are good for that too but my dog wasn't happy with it this year it was like the uh it was like a truce between the tree and the dog they did not mess with each other i don't know how my my christmas tree can mess with the dog but apparently it's something the dog feels very strongly about or at least used to um but that's the end of that that's the end of that so I'm quick to get it away because I'm like, if I let this go any longer, it will be, it'll be a Valentine's Day tree if I don't do something about it. Because you get to the point now, I'm at the age where, like, after working all day, taking a dog out for four-plus miles every day, walking him and making sure that he shits and does all his business outside, by the time I park my ass on the couch with a piece of fish, I'm done for the night. That's it. That is fucking it, man. Like, I am, like, we start at 5.30 at my house. And we roll all the way. Like, usually, like, after the recording of the podcast, I'll sit down in my reclining chair upstairs, and, like, it's a struggle to stay awake. And the reason why I, I, I fight it is because I don't know about the rest of you, but if I go to bed too early, my ass is up early. And I'm like, it's four, bro. I don't need to be up at four in the morning for anything. For anything. So, uh, but, yeah, long long story short, the tree is gone. Uh, Christmas, uh the bounce has gone out of the bungee, as it were. So, another piece of news I would like to share uh, from the Pacific Northwest. Um, this is more Riley territory uh, than it is Elliot territory. Okay, uh, an Oregon judge has declined to lift his order that temporarily freezes part of a new voter-approved gun safety measure requiring a completed criminal background check before a gun can be sold or transferred. Notice how how shady these words are. Because when you do purchase a firearm from a federal firearms licensed dealer in this country, mm-hmm. you have to fill out a background check. It's not a negotiation. Mm-hmm. You can't slip him a 20. You can't slip him a Benny. You can't slip him anything. You have to fill it out. Uh, Harney County Judge Robert... I was hoping his name was going to be Roberto. Judge Roberto uh, Reschio... Previously dealt the blow. We're going to call him Judge Robert. 
Just Judge Roberto, maybe Judge Roberto. So Roberto previously dealt a blow to gun control advocates when he put all other elements of the tough new law on hold, including a permit to purchase provision and a ban on high-capacity magazines. In other words, as my friend Christopher says, standard capacity magazines. <laughs> yes, yes. And um, what is this? A, a permit to purchase provision. So like New Jersey, where you have to get permission from the goddamn police... To purchase a handgun, they want to institute the same thing in uh, Soviet Oregon. Uh, I, I am appalled at the Hoi Polo. I, I really can't understand this one, but okay. On December 23rd, he heard oral sex arguments from Oregon on a motion to allow the law's background check provision to take effect, even while the constitutionality of the measure, 114, in other words, that's the name of the measure, other elements were decided by the courts. Under federal law, firearms dealers can sell guns without a completed background check if the check takes longer than three business days. A practice Oregon's new law would end. Okay. I'm not going to say if I have or if I haven't. But what I haven't heard, and I know there'll be a contrarian out there, be like, well, actually, okay, you aside. Why can't people say actually if there's a factual statement? Like, I don't understand why that's a problem. Because I said it's a problem. I don't like it. <laughs> okay. Because you sound like a prick when you say it. Yeah, actually, uh, actually. That's why. So yeah. can you yeah. can you substitute that for, but did you know? <laughs> I guess so. I don't know why you're taking their side. They're I'm wrong. I'm not. I'm just, I'm just asking. Okay. So. I'm asking I for have, a friend. Good. Well, let your friend know <laughs> that in um, you know, my almost half century on this planet, I have not heard of one background check taking longer than a day, one day. I meant actually, like the the interrupting of the, but actually, <laughs> like well, I, I not about the subject matter. Okay, now I understand okay. a little bit better. Thank you. You're, Thank you for the clarification. You're welcome. Okay. Uh, the so-called Charleston loophole. That sounds like a dance that you would do back in the late, like, 19th centuries. Uh, like, yeah. Are we... Let's <laughs> do... <laughs> Come on, kids. Let's do the Charlestown loophole. It's that old Charleston loophole. <laughs> That's right. With the mid-Atlantic uh, accent. You see here. That's what we're going to do. See? <laughs> yeah. This is how I talk, see. <laughs> Pinching the nose the whole fucking way back in the day. And since you couldn't do that on TV, they just filled your nose with fucking concrete. So that way you can you can talk like this, yeah? So we have another report coming in that says you're gay. Um, uh, allowed a man in a Charleston, South Carolina. That's fine if you are. We don't mind. We have soap for you, buddy. But we'll get it to was that. discovered in the Charleston loophole. <laughs> <laughs> Dancing the Charlestown loophole with another man with his penis in his butthole, see? Um, <laughs> it's just jokes, folks. These gentlemen were dancing not to butt, I tell you. <laughs> uh, yes, so the Charlestown loophole allowed a man in Charleston, South Carolina to buy a gun in 2015 and kill nine black parishioners at a church. That's Dylan Roof, by the way. Um, he went to the African Methodist Episcopalian Church, and uh, he actually said during his interview or interrogation with the police that he almost didn't do it because they were so nice to him. It's a real tragic story. Real tragic. That was 2015? 
was 2015, dude. But so this Dylan Roof, like, so this law is like, you know, kind of referencing that, I guess, maybe as, I a, guess as so. a thing. So, like, did he have to wait the three days? That's what they're alleging. They're, it, the loophole allowed the man, okay, meaning Dylan, to purchase the firearm, which I believe he got a Glock 45. Okay. I believe so. Uh, and then he uh, killed nine nine individuals. Did he have any uh, restrictions on his record? Had he waited in the three days and gotten that weapon um, without that no, loophole? He so, had no, he had no prior conviction. So he, he wasn't a felon. He would have been provided that weapon three days later and still would have committed the same act. Yeah, exactly. Okay, no, so. it's just a convenient uh, thing for them to hang their hats on. All right. Um, it doesn't downplay from the tragedy at all now, does it? Also, no. I might want... I would beg to remind individuals that most of the time guess what this is a gun for most churches are a gun-free zone most synagogues are a gun-free zone okay except in texas. permission from the except in texas head person that's right you have to get permission from the pastor the the priest the rabbi whoever's running the institution to carry the firearm on you with the exception i believe like christopher said texas where that is not i know that in ohio it is a prohibition i say wasn't that in texas where there was a dude that uh somebody tried to shoot up a church and like everybody in in uh the church was pretty much packing heat and they dropped the sucker what i the one that i know for sure was a guy walked in there and was going to open fire and a dude i forget it wasn't um the dude, like, uh, in Indianapolis, like, the distance with uh, Dickin, that kid that, that shot the mass murderer at the mall, it was a little bit, but under duress, he drew his uh, firearm and killed the guy uh, in church that was going to shoot up the place. I know that there was another one where you're talking, I think you might be talking about he went in there with, an, uh, with a rifle and was going to shoot up the place and somebody took him out. I've, there's, unfortunately, in this country, there's been several incidences where this sort of activity has gone on. And again, they're gun-free zones most of the time. Well, like, well, what kind of world do you want to live in where you need to carry a firearm in your house of worship? Um, I'll tell you what, I don't know how the fucking Jews don't do it. I really don't understand that one. Right. We have some pretty recent history that says that lots of people don't like you. And uh, the, your temple, uh, your place of worship, your, shin your synagogue, you should be packing, like, extent. I mean, call Israel. They've got Uzis over there. Pack an Uzi. Everybody gets an Uzi at the door. Guess what? I think you'll make out just fine. Mm -hmm. um, but um, it's a target-rich environment that people don't shoot back, just like schools and other goods. We could go on for ages on that one, okay? Measure 114 requires a permanent criminal, uh, a permanent criminal background check, fingerprinting, and hands-on training course for new firearms buyers. It also bans the sale, transfer, import of gun magazines over 10 rounds unless they are owned by law enforcement or a military member or were owned before the measure's passage. So... We have an elite class in the state of Oregon, an elite class of individuals who are allowed, the warrior class is allowed to have more than 10 rounds in a mag. You, the uh, proletariat, the, uh, the shit-kicking scum of the earth, you're allowed 10 rounds to defend yourself. Um, and I don't know if anybody was paying attention in 2020, that entire summer pretty much demonstrated to most regular people that 10 rounds ain't going to be enough when you have a lot of people trying to hurt you, mm -hmm. but whatever. Um, so the judge is uh, trying to make it difficult for this. And um, I believe also that this is, we're going to play the game. It is in fact unconstitutional 
And uh, Oregon, I can't believe that you people put up with this shit. It is absolutely mind-boggling to me that open drug markets can be had in Portland, but if somebody wants a standard capacity magazine, that's a problem. It's absolutely nuttier than squirrel shit. I don't get it. And now, getting to the pièce de résistance, um, I'd like to thank Elliot for sending this my way. Uh, and this is a very tragic story. This is going. This should hit all of you with the same impact that it's probably going to hit Christopher and it's going to hit myself and others who have worked on the warehouse floor for a number of years, who've worked in logistics, who have worked for people who love to crack the whip. Mm -hmm. um, fortunately, I've never worked for this firm, nor do I think would I. I know that Brian did for a little while and he couldn't take it, and that's Amazon. Okay, This is probably one of the most upsetting things that I've read apart from the people in Mayfield, Kentucky, that were sent back into the candle factory when the tornado was coming to kill them. I, this is one of the most inhuman things I've read in a long time. And again, I thank Elliot for sending it my way. You know, you guys, we, I am pro-union as the day is long. I am pro-workers' rights. I like folks to organize and protect themselves if the union is actually going to do that. My experience working for over seven years as a union dock worker for one of the largest unions in the country, the second largest, uh, which is the Communication Workers of America, uh, my experience with that union is not good. Okay? A lot of soft hands, uh, a lot of collaboration between the employer and the union, and I'm not, I wasn't pleased at all. Uh, there, there definitely needs to be a new wave of radical unionism to protect workers' rights. Again, this isn't about... I, one of the things that I was lamenting with Elliot was the fact that if you're pro-workers' rights and you want workers to be protected and defended from the employer, you automatically get left lumped into the lefty class or you're a communist. Like, if you've heard this show for, for any amount of time, we're not commies here. But we all have working-class roots. You know, we've all... Christopher still does time on the warehouse floor, okay? In a leadership position, but he worked his way up to that. He understands what it's like. He understands, I understand what it's like, okay? This, this isn't easy work, all right? So it, it, I wouldn't even call it a soft spot. It's just a lot of us who we are and where we come from, right? So being sympathetic to the people who fucking ship you all the shit that you order, I don't think there's anything wrong with wanting to be taken care of. Let's get to the reason why I'm a little hot under the collar. Amazon employee passes away at Colorado Springs facility and company responds to concerns. Amazon is addressing concerns, including a social media post that has been circulating after an employee passed away at the Colorado Springs facility. The man, 61 years old, passed away on December 27th, according to the El Paso County Coroner's Office. Several people reached out to KKTV 11 News about the death of a man by sharing a social media post. In the post, there are claims, quote, there were some employees who were less than 10 feet away from the deceased who was covered working. The post goes on to state, in part, I cannot even begin to say how upset and angry I am at the disrespect of human life from Amazon and our general manager. Are you saying you can't even shut down the facility long enough to finish an investigation after a death? Others have called uh, KKTV 11 News claiming boxes were used to hide the body of the man from workers and felt that was inappropriate. The Colorado Springs Police Department confirmed the death happened at the Colorado Springs Amazon warehouse and that his death was not work-related. Of course not. 
A spokesperson with Amazon tells 11 News that the man had a heart attack just a few minutes before his shift ended at 5 o'clock that morning. Several people were around him at the time, and at least one person uh, started administering first aid as 911 was called and managers were notified. The spokesperson denies boxes were, boxes were used to hide the body of the man. The people who were with the man at the time of the incident were offered resources, including time off. The warehouse is located southeast of Powers Boulevard and Milton E. Proby Parkway on the southeast side of Colorado Springs. Um, why would the workers make that up i'd like to know right. why they would make that up about this i believe a hundred percent that it's totally possible and probable i might add that they didn't want to shut down production that they didn't want to you know i for the life of me i can't understand how anybody can think that amazon wouldn't pull this shit off okay here's another one this is a previous incident from 2019, 48-year-old Amazon worker Billy Foister died of a heart attack and was left on the shop floor for 20 minutes before receiving treatment, according to his brother. Quote, after the incident, everyone was forced to go back to work. No time to decompress, end quote, said an Amazon worker on the same shift. Amazon denies that happened. Okay? In November, Bessemer... Uh, Amazon warehouse workers said two of their co-workers died within hours of each other after being denied sick leave, one on site and another in a, in, in a hospital. Amazon also denies this. Uh, six Bessemer warehouse workers died on the job in 2021, said their co-workers. This is a regular thing that takes place. In fact, they had the company had to be forced to put in air conditioning units for some of these locations that are super, super hot, okay? I, for one, can't understand, cannot understand how folks are not sympathetic to those on the floor putting up with this shit. If you're, let me tell you something. If a coworker, if you're the kind of person who is a boss and one of the people you're responsible for, for their health and safety, because let's cut the bullshit. They probably know how to do their job and do it well, and they don't need you that way. But what they do need you for is to provide assistance and leadership when something happens. A heart attack is one of those things happening, okay? I know at my former employer, Christopher's uh, current employer, we had the EMRT team who would run around, who would go fucking crazy to try to help people if they fell, if they got hurt, or a certain individual had a heart attack on the fucking job and they, they helped save his life, or at least took care of him long enough so that he could get professional care, okay? For the life of me, I can't understand why it's a problem for these Amazon workers to organize, to have a union, and to be treated like fucking human beings. It is beside me to understand it. I, I, I get really pissed off. Because all the shit that we order, all the Christmas shit, all the stuff that you buy, the two-day, same-day delivery, there's a human being on the other end of that, several, I might add. One that processes the order, one that picks the order, one that packs, one that stacks, one that ships, one that delivers. There's an entire human chain behind that package that you're getting. And I'm not saying there's a problem with... With the system of getting this stuff that way, but can we at least treat the people that are doing it with human dignity? A, a little bit of it. You have a heart attack on the floor and nobody does anything for 20 fucking minutes? Really? Really? That's okay? 
I mean, if they're really, if, if the government was efficient in its job, hardy har har, and there's a Department of Health or uh, OSHA, they should have shut that whole fucking facility down and pulled the people who were in a position to do something about it and figured it out and be like, one of you is going to pay for this because this shit can't happen. Okay? You can't treat people like this. And I totally believe that bo- that boxes were stacked around the deceased so that, no, don't look at the dead body. Make sure you keep processing. Okay? Make sure you keep running the packages through. Just like the candle factory in Mayfield, Kentucky, right? Go back to work. Well, I mean, there were people that got, you know, killed in, you know, tornado, um, you know, in Amazon warehouses as well. First of all, Amazon warehouses, let me tell you, I know this firsthand because I've reviewed all of their building plans. Mm. Okay. Okay. Literally. All right. Like, I've seen them. They're pieces of shit. Okay. They are made with the cheapest of the cheap building material we're talking about like metal buildings with cheap 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 they don't even use a spray foam in their buildings okay well like fire retardant spray foam no spray foam just spray foam for okay. like uh like you know insulation insulation okay. they don't even use spray foam insulation All right. in, in their building okay they use the cheapest of the cheap building materials i'm not surprised by that at all so like it it's half ass insulated, okay? It it's half ass fucking built. Like it's it's basically a metal shed, mm-hmm. a, a giant metal shed if you can think of that. Okay. That's all they are. Like they have to comply, you know, with with the minimum, you know, building codes and they do, but it's not by any means a proper building. <laughs> you know what Doesn't I mean? Sound like it. Like that's for it's sure. not. It's not state of the art. Like it's literally a metal fucking shed, is what you're working in. I, I totally. So believe it. it's cold in the winter and hot in the summer. Where have we? Where have we heard that before and experienced that before and continue to? And some of us continue to experience that um, harsh reality. But uh, I don't know, man. Like I get really worked up about this. I mean, these are you know. These are human beings, man. They're human beings, and you know they're not getting paid a lot. I know that when Brian was working for Amazon, he said that uh, the the folks couldn't take sick time because their shifts would be at night, and the only time they have to, uh, or no, their shift would be during the day, the only time that the doctor's offices would be open during the day, and they weren't able to take their sick time to go and see a physician and begin to get well, like, I, I'm if that's a communist position to take care of working people, I, I, I don't know what to tell you. Apparently, you haven't done any fucking time on the floor. Apparently, you haven't done a modicum of time or worked for a real tyrant of a boss and know what it's like to be treated like garbage. I mean, I'm sorry. That's an education by itself is dealing with that, you know. And, oh, we have production deadlines. and the, Well, you know, come in sick and get everybody else sick and don't use your time. And if you do, we're going to penalize you. We've all experienced that. We've all experienced that as workers on the floor. And that's, um, again, I'm not just sympathetic. Like, I'm very, I don't know, it, gets, it, gets, it hits you in a real, you know, it, it hits you hard when you've experienced that for the majority of your life. You know, and these aren't high-paying jobs, okay? They're not high-paying jobs, but boys demand very high out of the individuals working there. Yeah. Okay? You know, this a lot of work, a lot, I mean, 
it's just it, it it's mind-boggling to me like i i hope that i never lose that part of my humanity where i'm looking at another human being who's suffering and i just like oh fuck it i'm gonna do nothing i just i, I i'm not that kind of person anyway i was you know raised better uh but um like you know again folks in this I'm telling you right now, if you're being treated like garbage like that, walk the fuck out. Get the out. fuck out of there. If somebody dies, don't continue to fucking work. Like, I know you're like, oh, they're going to fire me. They can't fire all of you. They'd be fucked. Like, and if they do fire you for standing up for what's right, do you really want to fucking continue to work at some place like that? Fair enough. Like, just walk the fuck out. Get all your coworkers and be like, this shit ain't fucking right organize <laughs> get the fuck we're getting the fuck out of here until they fucking do do you, you're gonna work next to a dead body i ain't working next to no fucking dead body i'll tell you that right now i'll go nope. back to work once the dead body's gone i ain't got no problems doing that but i'm not working to no, next to no dead motherfucker what yeah. the fuck imagine if you got to know that person like you're packing packages next to them or you right. sit together at break time and have cigarettes or whatever, right. or, you know, have a cup of coffee when they give you 10 minutes to sit down or whatever it is. And then you see this person, your friend, because that's how a lot of meaningful relationships develop. All of us became friends because of our common place of employment. Yeah. You know, a lot, you know, like Christopher and I have been friends for Jesus Christ since 2008. You know what I mean? Like we became friends fucking picking parts in a specific place. Right. You know, there's a camaraderie that develops amongst people, again, workers on the floor that's very, and you imagine, like, I would hope that Christopher would be beside himself if I fucking dropped dead right. next to him. I mean, but you know what I'm saying? Like, if, if pe some people aren't that close, you know, and they're not affected, they want to go back to work, they can go back to work. If you are close to them and you feel like you need to not be there, like, you should probably shouldn't be or there. if you're a normal person who's totally freaked out that your co-worker died and nobody did anything. Right. You know. That also. But yeah. I'm just saying, get the fucking dead body out of there. You want me to go back to work? I'll go back to work, right? You gotta get Frank out of there. Like, you roll Frank's ass out of there? Can you get this fucking dead guy <laughs> out of here? Like, at least at the bare minimum. That Fair. We're talking bare minimum standards here. You want me to go in and bust my ass? Get this fucking dead guy out of here. Yeah, that's you know, like, probably like one good thing I can say about where I work, and it's in spite of the company that we work for, is we got the EMRT, uh, the EMR team that I'm a part of, and, and we're actually like a group of people that legitimately cares about like our fellow coworkers and stuff. I mean, there's a fellow there that's he recently retired, but then decided to come back part time as a temp. Mm -hmm. But he's had like four heart attacks there at work. Yeah. And every time it was the EMR team that saved them every time. Cause like those first 10 minutes are like, that's like the golden, like mm -hmm. 10 minute time frame is like that first 10 minutes when somebody has something, you know, going wrong with them, whether it be a heart attack, like most people don't just like, Oh, uh, and then just fucking die. Like instantly, like heart attacks have like an onset, you know? Right, yeah. yeah. Um, and, and being fast with that response time and getting somebody taken care of quickly is is crucial. And it does. It requires a group of, of people who are, you know, compassionate, empathetic, you know, and, and, and want to help people. Uh, and, and like I said, that's, that's one good thing I can say about the group of people that we have on the EMR team at work. And, and that's in spite of the company that we work for. 
um is that oh, we're, i know <laughs> we're, we're we're well organized and uh have dealt with a number of scenarios you know from bloodied up truck drivers to people having heart attacks to uh you know major injuries at work like from sure. people getting cut and mm-hmm. cut to the falling. bone <laughs> yeah falling uh all, all yeah. kinds of stuff like that so um it's unfortunate that you know like the amazon warehouse doesn't seem to have anything like that um it just has a bunch of incompetent leaders <laughs> that are like cover the dead body up with the box yeah. tell everybody go back to work yeah everything's fine here yeah, yeah. yeah. Reboido will be fine. Don't don't pay attention over here. You know, he's just he's, <laughs> he's, he's just taking a mid shift nap. You yeah, know? right. Oh. Never mind. Never mind that he voided his bowels in his pants. He's totally <laughs> fine. Yeah. Oh man, it's um again, and I I get worked up about it. And back in the day, uh, we were told specifically at this place of employment. Uh, that we were not allowed to organize, and then any uh, attempts to organize could lead to an automatic uh, dismissal from work, meaning you got fired on the spot for talking union or talking shop or trying to hold the vote. And, uh, you know, I know there's not a lot of pro-union folks out there, and, um, you know, there's a lot of unions who don't do a lot for workers, but um, I was hopeful that maybe after, you know, this certain event that happened starting in 2020 where more was being asked from the logistical side of the service industry that maybe we would see progress in that direction where unions found, the, you know, the the whole fucking reason why you're there is to, you know, help protect your workers. Like, I know that the Teamsters do a great job with the UPS uh, drivers. Like, I know that firsthand. They really do protect their workers and they reinstate them when they try to fire them and get them their back pay and all this other good stuff. But uh, my personal experience with Communication Workers of America is uh, a D minus uh, at best. And I know that I caused the problem every time we had a meeting because I tried to vote for a general <laughs> strike. Um, <laughs> I, Somebody's got to do it, you know? Might as well be me. Uh, might as well be, be me. So um, that's all I have for today. I. Right, we bring you more of the same yet again, and um, you know, it's not. I'm hoping, like, again, I'm trying not to be cynical about this year. Excuse me, I'm hoping that uh, this, this 2023 turns out to be great for all of us. In reality, I, I don't know, it's so far not so good, but you know what? There's probably going to be a lot of positive things that'll happen for us as individuals or. Um, as you know, as a group going forward. So again, I thank you for uh, tuning in. If you want to help out the show, I really appreciate it. If you could like and share, yeah, we share on the Facebook. Sometimes I forget on Twitter to post it on Twitter. But if you wouldn't mind liking and sharing on Facebook, that's where the show will be posted every single time, including the B sides we do for the patrons. Join the Patreon, two bucks a month. That's all it takes, and you'll be privy to. Um, you know, the uh, other content that we put together that's exclusive that stays on Patreon. Don't forget, like Angel said, get on the bit shoot, join the bit shoot, subscribe, and uh, give us a couple of upvotes, please. Uh, vote vote early and vote often. Um, just like, uh, you know. The most important vote of your lifetime. That's right. <laughs> we'll be an upvote for us on bit shoot. Uh, we get we get way more views on on Bitshoot than we ever did on YouTube, and it was an excellent suggestion to put our show on there, and we're grateful for that. So, 
Um, again, share and try to get your, you know, your shit lib cousin or uncle or sister to listen to the show. Try to enlighten them. We're not all politics all the time, but generally speaking, it will make its way over there eventually. Unless it's a a gastronomic theme, in which case Christopher and I will completely dominate the show with our fantasy wet dreams of sandwiches, waffles, and other assorted diabetic treats uh, to fill your veins and clog them on your way out the door. Uh, Angel, do you have anything else before we conclude today? No, just a bit shoot. And then, um, you know, I was kind of cruising around um, and maybe we can talk about it next time. But um, I found some um, new old newspaper articles um, with Great Depression recipes, also um, World War II recipes, like using your okay. ration uh, tickets and <laughs> yeah. things like that. So, um, you know, kind of cool. Um, you know, Leave, save those. We will tackle them next time. So, you know, I'll just share them next time. But just that's all. All right. Christopher, do you have anything before we wrap up today? nope okay all right well i'd like to thank of course our sponsors of the show that is agorasnexus.com vandalay industries i paint akron where all accidents are happy accidents ray fava fine art and design from the great lakes and team mandalore who keeps cycling very weird and keeps our sponsorship patch right on the front of that jersey uh, we're very proud of our relationship with a rad group of folks very much so happy to spread the stoke and hopefully folks from team mandalore are checking in and listening uh, to their friends over here but ladies and gentlemen it is a new year and while the new year has begun i will bring you more of the same but i will also bring you more of the same reminders i will be visiting with todd the gay this weekend 100 percent confirmed we had to make a reservation so he's got to show up um i cannot stress to you starting off the new year on the right foot, on the right smell, is very critical. It's very important, okay? Perhaps it's the year that you finally get your act together. You're going to surprise her by getting your shit together finally, okay? Uh, Mazel tov. We're very proud of you. However, the first step in getting your act together and starting off the new year fresh, that's a key word, is being fresh. Being fresh in your asshole, being fresh in your taint, being fresh in the old tackle box, the fat folds, the, uh, the belly button lint, get it out of there. Um, please, ladies and gentlemen, you want to fight acne, you want to fight swamp crotch, ball vinegar, all of the terrible things that can assault your body and prevent you from having a fresh start to the new year, please check out Akron Apothecary and our friend Todd the Gay's very, very gay soap. This is cold-pressed, handmade soap from gay hands to your supple ass, your, 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 your reproductive organs, Take care of that coin purse really, really well. Make sure you lather that up before you go visit that special someone or someones. Make sure that you're getting in the trench, the dung ditch, you're scrubbing, you're scraping. Todd's soap is medicine. Medicine for the largest organ that you have, which is your skin. Take care of your skin. We've made wild claims about what the soap can kill. Whatever you put in front of it, Todd, Todd's uh, soap will in fact murder it. Uh, with its gay hands coming out of the soap and attacking it like an unstoppable rebel force. Please support the show by shopping at Akron Apothecary, checking out Todd's Gay Soap, because Todd's Gay Soap is... Soap for 
stinky ass, girl. <laughs> <laughs> I thank uh, I thank Christopher uh, for that. I'm glad to see everybody. Please have a great week. Don't forget, two bucks, little man, put that shit in my hand. If your money doesn't show, then you don't get the fucking B-side. Check it out. It's a Costco hot dog. <laughs> I love the rhyme scheme, man. Thank you. It works out perfectly. I, I am I am a rhyme generator. I am a, uh, I'm an all-star. Mm-hmm. Um, check out the B-side. Subscribe. Two bucks. That's all it costs. But get on that bit shoot. Throw some likes. Share the show. Let's spread it out. Spread it out. Open that bitch wide. Thank you. Yes. Bye. See ya. Go allow me.